folks, this is a special Florida edition of the enemies list because as a fifth generation Floridian and a Florida man of the highest standing, I can tell you there are two people who know more about Florida politics than anyone else you're going to hope to grab a hold of right now. And I am so happy to have them here. They are both my friends. I have known them both for many, many years. We have fought many battles on both sides of the equation. Peter Schorsch, the publisher of Florida Politics and all-around bon vivant of Florida intrigue, news, gossip, data, facts, etc. And my good friend Sarah Rump at Mediaite, who is another person who I have been through the campaign world and media world with over many, many years. Two really good friends, two really smart people. There was also maintained what was called an enemy's list. Democrats want Republicans dead. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody. The women with the least likelihood of getting pregnant are the ones most worried about having abortions. On January 6th of 2021, you had tens of thousands of people peacefully protesting. You're the president of the United States. You can declassify just by saying um, it's declassified. It's not a right-wing conspiracy theory. It's not QAnon. It's real. <laughs> I'm Rick Wilson, and this is the enemies list. I am absolutely thrilled to have my good friends, Peter Schorsch and Sarah Rumpf, join me today on a special edition of the enemies list called What the Florida? Because we are <laughs> going to talk about the craziest state in the country by far. We are we are Florida folks, and um, and and as you know, it is the hotbed matrix of all things MAGA. It is the hotbed matrix of the the two biggest stars in today's Republican Party. It is a state with, with, which behaves inexplicably at all times. And eventually every Florida story, as you know, ends up with a guy who's buck naked on methamphetamines running down the center of a highway, carrying his family's pet alligator while his common law wife pursues him on an ATV. So without any further ado, Peter, what happened in this election in the great state of Florida in the governor's race and beyond? Uh, let's get your take first, then we'll go to Sarah and, and, and talk it through what she's seeing in the in the media landscape of Florida as well. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. Um, you're right. Florida is like it. Like, can you get in and buy stock now in Florida political stories? <laughs> like that's if you like take your FTX money that you've lost and put it into Florida political stories, because, you know, like even National Review had this like they had this announcement mm -hmm. that they were going to be like, investing in Florida stories all the time. And like, as a guy who runs a site called Florida politics, I'm like, Hey, we're over here. Um, <laughs> and, and it's like, so it is an exciting time to be involved. So going back to like last Tuesday, which bizarrely feels like a lifetime right. ago already. Um, it was basically a perfect experiment. You have the control variable, the experimental variable, it is what happens when a political party, in this case, the Florida Democratic Party, does absolutely zero mm -hmm. for two years in terms of voter registration, candidate recruitment, and then voter turnout. What does that look like? And you got their baseline. You Like what last Tuesday was is their baseline. People that will turn out for Democrats no matter what, no matter what persuasion mm -hmm. you do. No matter like if you've got souls to the polls, et cetera. And 
that is clearly not enough to win an election. But like just talking like one of the trends you're starting to see like post uh, Tuesday is all the best Democratic consultants. And there are some good ones. Ashley Walker, Eric Johnson, Mm -hmm. et cetera. They're saying like, hey, we weren't involved in Tuesday at all. Like we had no part of it. And they said in talking to them, there was no coordinated campaign. There was no voter turnout. Like literally there was no effort to like, hey, you are a four of four Democratic voter. We need you to come out on Tuesday. And so I know the story is Ron DeSantis ran up like he's calling scoreboard. And that's great. He definitely gets to call scoreboard. But it wasn't so much the red wave as like the blue like abyss in the sense that there just was nothing <laughs> out of the Democrat out I of the Florida right. Democrats just zero. I think that's right, Sarah. What about you? What's your take on the on the uh, on the on the 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 climate here that we've seen uh, as the Republican machine just sort of romps? Well, I mean, specifically looking at the governor's race, the the Democrats were hoping that it would be a David versus Goliath thing, where even though Chris was outmatched, that he'd end up winning. But if Goliath strolls up with a couple couple nuclear bombs in his hands, D- David's little slingshot isn't going to get anywhere. And and that's what you saw. Like like Peter just went through. The Democrats never really got any sort of ground game going, and they didn't have a chance to even pretend to compete in mailboxes or TV or radio. Um, I pulled the numbers. There's an article that I just published. If you look, and, and I narrowed just looking at DeSantis's campaign and his main pack, and looking at Chris's campaign and his main pack. Chris got just over uh, 31.6, just about 31.6 million. DeSantis had $237 million just with the campaign and one pack. And then you add in the money that the Republican Governors Association dropped nearly $21 million in this state for some reason. Um, (laughs) You know, it's you can't you can't win on that this is too big of a state with too many metropolitan areas too many people that have moved here and are new and if you're not up on the airwaves you don't exist yeah i think that's right i think that's right you know i have to say i think the 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 moment in the campaign that i i found most interesting and you know peter and i have long gone back and forth on charlie and i've had my history with charlie but i i did enjoy the moment (laughs) in the campaign that really, and I, and I will tell you who else enjoyed it when I'm finished. When they were in their only debate, and Charlie Chris asked Ron DeSantis if he was going to stay in as governor and serve the people of Florida, or if he was going to run for president in two years, and Ron DeSantis's brain melted down and ran out of his nose. He looked like he was about to wet himself. And it was it was great to see kind of an old dog perform perform a final trick there. Because, I mean, DeSantis just, you could tell that moment that this is a guy who's been raised up in a machine in Florida that that I don't think people appreciate how powerful the Republican system in Florida is. I, no, you said that, Rick. I, I, I'm not yeah, to interrupt, no, no, but no. I want to jump in and like, like right, first of all, can I say two things? All right, here's my Charlie Chris defense. You knew it was I know, coming I know, at I know, some point. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I have this argument like, do you think the Buffalo Bills are a great football team? The like Jim Kelly, like Bruce Smith, like were they a great team? They went to four Super Bowls, but they lost all four right. of them. And that is Charlie Chris. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, they're not a great team. They did not beat 
and he, they they didn't beat the Denver Broncos and they got crushed by San Francisco. And you're like, okay, I actually, and this is so crazy. Like Charlie ran a decent campaign. He ran a great primary campaign. Like the last two months were only lackluster. Um, but like, before that, he actually ran a really decent campaign. I think the Carla, whatever her name is, Matt Hernandez, uh, like the way that she got like, you know, just like pigeonholed mm-hmm, by mm-hmm. the Republican trolls. She um, she was a bad choice. I don't know that Charlie had a different one, but he raised two point five million dollars before Ian in the week yep. before Ian. No, like, he was- I'm not saying he was competitive, but. The blowout, in a way, is not indicative of, I think, a very decent campaign that he ran. And like you said, he had a very good, like, debate performance. Like, I think that that was, that was the water, that was the high mark of the Charlie Chris campaign was the debate performance. And so, uh, I I, I don't know where we are going to put Charlie at this point, but I think, to your second point, you tweeted it out on election day and it's so right. This is the best political operation in American politics, the Florida GOP. Mm-hmm. Whether you whether you consider that as the state party, which has been a little bit like, you know, like fangs have been taken out a little bit because of like campaign finance laws, but it's still strong. But House Victory, the campaign arm that runs yep. the legislative arm for the state house. The Senate campaign. I'll take like if we're like, up Joel like going Senate like in WrestleMania. Anybody in the country, they are brutal. If you take if you take Joel Springer and the and the Senate campaign team to Georgia right mm-hmm. now, Herschel Walker is a Absolutely. senator. If you take them to Arizona, Blake Masters is mm-hmm. a senator. It is the bet. Like there's just they don't. I I, I I guess I'm allowed to curse around. It is literally like. At the top of the fuck around and find right. out like apex <laughs> when it comes to and people don't like I know that this is crazy where they say like DeSantis turns out voters. Yes, that's true. But I also think that like Nick DeSigley's state mm-hmm. house campaign or state senate campaign, I think he turns out two thousand voters in North Pinellas that maybe don't get out. And you add that up. You know, 40 state Senate yep. races, 25 of which they're involved in. I think all of that adds up. And so you had a great point on on social media on Election Day. You guys just don't understand how good the Florida GOP organization is here in Florida. Yeah, it's 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 and it's it's a it's a 25 year march through the system. Support for Rick Wilson's The Enemies List comes from Odoo. If you feel like you're wasting time and money with your current business software or just want to know what you could be missing, then you need to join the millions of other users who switched to Odoo. Odoo is the affordable, all-in-one management software with a library of fully integrated business applications that help you get more done in less time for a fraction of the price. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash Wilson. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash Wilson. Odoo, modern management made simple. We're now on the third generation of people who have come through that system, politically speaking, yeah. and and it produces 
consultants and field people and operators. You're part of that. Uh, uh, just so that you get the credit, you are of that I, ilk. I, I mean, I know that you are of a different yeah, thing no, now, I, but I'm like proud. that's who raised listen, you. Listen, I listen, when I got back to Florida in nineteen after the first Bush administration, you know, Tom Slade had put out Operation Sledgehammer. It was a twenty year plan to take apart the Democratic Party of Florida. <laughs> sure shit. They did it. I mean, so Sarah, what are you seeing right now in terms of of because uh, you are you are a, a sort of mastermind of the Orlando area, which is the sort of you know, Peter and I are Tampa Bay guys, uh, but Orlando is also like in, <laughs> in a major sense of, of of political energy right now. I mean, I think first off about Orlando, I think Val Demings ran the best statewide Democratic campaign I've seen in a long time. Um, not sufficient, but you know, but but pretty impressive. So, what's happening in the in the in the the realm of the mouse? Yeah. So, I mean, just, just to give Val Demings uh, a bit of credit, she ran an absolutely stellar campaign that even though she lost, every single congressional Democratic candidate should study specifically regarding her messaging, the way that she countered the efforts by the Republicans to tar her with the defund the police thing. I mean, she has an easier time because she is a former cop, but the specific details she got into when she said, I support this kind of policy and this kind of policy, and this is how I voted, the defund the police thing did not stick to her, and it has been fatal for other Democrats. Val Demings is not going to be a senator because Rubio ran up the score in Miami-Dade. And the, the Republican success overall with Hispanic voters in Central Florida and South Florida is a big part of why everybody is talking about a red wave just in Florida. Um, this is, like you guys have just said, this is the part of a part of a long process. I remember when I was still active with the uh, various Republican Party groups that they were doing embarrassingly terrible things like writing vote for your Republicans and making a big sign that just had all the names that sounded even remotely Hispanic and making that into a yard sign like that was compelling. Like, look, we have somebody named Martinez or Gonzalez or Maria something. So therefore, you can vote for the Republicans. Um, to actually being engaged in outreach, being engaged in local community organizations. And, you know, there's you show up and people know you and then it's not a political thing. It's a, I'm voting for my friend. I'm voting for this guy we've known for years. Mm -hmm. um, they did that very successfully, um, you know, in Orlando and, and in Miami. Um, and, and that's, you know, you just, you, that is something that's relationship building. Um, Orlando is an interesting thing because we have so many new people moving in all the time. Um, I'm one of the weirdos that is actually born here native, <laughs> um, but the vast majority are not. So every single election, you are dealing with a universe of far more new voters and newly registered voters than almost anywhere else in the country. Um, and that always is an interesting sort of thing because somebody might be, you know, however they you know, you might think that a particular neighborhood is Democrat or Republican, but different things can shift it pretty quickly, especially in newly developed areas. So um, once again, this county did go slightly Democratic. Um, that's a trend that's been going on for a long time, but it's it's not a deep, deep blue Democratic stronghold by any means. Right. I, I want to give credit where credit's due. Do I mean, because Rick, you work like nationally at this point. Um, 
we all realize that Val Demings would be a senator right now if she was uh, if if Val Demings lived in Charlotte, mm-hmm. she would have won that race. Um, if Val Demings was in Georgia, she would be a senator, maybe even a mm-hmm. governor there. Um, and it's I I like I know she just got smoked, and I, I feel bad. And I think that she was a really good candidate. Like the amount of money that she raised every quarter, posting Ooh. up eight or nine million dollars. She outraised um, Rubio. She did, and I think all three of us here were like again going back to the stock metaphor. We bought Marco Rubio stock very oh, early yeah. on in two thousand and nine. Even me as a Charlie Chris guy, I could see like this guy was going to. Be, I, I knew he. I remember August. 2009 i said this guy's gonna Mm -hmm. beat charlie christ and people thought i was crazy like (laughs) it's not that rubio ran a great campaign he really i mean no he seems very squirrely i I want like is he sending jelly of the month for christmas to the desantis campaign like i don't know what he's gonna do but he needs to like thank ron desantis for the next like six years that he is in the senate because ron desantis made him like he got him across the uh, oh, the goal no line question. or whatever. There's no question. I mean that that and I that idea. Hang on one second. That idea that that DeSantis pulled Marco over. I, I brought that up to a, a Rubio friendly person the other day, and I got the sort of bristly reaction. And I was just like, <laughs> guys, let's just be real. The Marco that was going to be president of the U.S. in 2015 and 16 is gone. <laughs> that shit's over. Stop it. You're never coming. You're never going to go to the prom, and and it. it I think it's like one of those like it's the former athlete you know who's, who was who was great and is now playing double A ball, and it's just like you know stop thinking you that your that your shit doesn't stink. This is not who you were back then. You just got you got towed across by a by a bigger boat. So, it, it, Rick, it's not. It's not, hang on a second, you're being overly generous. It's not the example huh. of a great football player who's now playing double A ball. It's the great, the guy who thought he was great in high school and had a lot of potential and somehow didn't make it to the pro level, but he's in a bar talking to all his buddies about how he would have been great if not for somebody else. Like, yeah, this is true, literally yeah. the Taylor Swift song mean, okay? Like, this is literally the story of Marco Rubio, and it upsets me deeply and personally, as somebody who was very enthusiastic sure. about as him we early as on, we like, go look well, at that's his the term you videos. Hear about. Go look at his interviews. He is angry and bitter. The sunny America optimism, bright future ahead from his presidential campaign launch. That guy is gone, and we are left with this sad, sad shadow. And it is tweeting oh, elliptical like, Bible verses. I mean, it's upsetting. Um, so, so <laughs> the idea that there are four of these powerhouse figures from Florida. In, in some bizarre dynamic and uh, ten, tension between them of Scott, Rubio, DeSantis, um, and Trump. Trump. And, yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I was having, having, Florida man. So it's like the Florida <laughs> man freak show, like the, like the Florida four. Um, <laughs> the two that everybody's going to have their eyes on now, I think for some time, since Rick Scott's um, desire to take over the uh, Republican caucus in the Senate has... Uh, met with its inevitable demise, um, are DeSantis and Trump. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. 
so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So in Florida, DeSantis has had an enormous amount of political power, I think derived largely from a cooperative legislature that in part feared his sort of position in the Fox social media ecosystem. How do you see this playing out? Because I've noticed that that DeSantis's attack dogs have kept a very quiet posture in the last few days. Um, they haven't been out banging away against Trump yet, even though I think they want to. How do you guys see this playing out? I'll go to Peter first. How do you see this playing out in the next in the next six months, which I think is the window where DeSantis is going to have to decide if he does the things that are overtly about a run for president. Uh, how do you see it playing out? How do you see it escalating? Where do you see the blood on the floor starting to uh, to flow? So number one, like from a business perspective, from a can Peter like go on another Disney cruise uh, <laughs> perspective, like I just want this to just continue for the rest of eternity. <laughs> I mean, this is, this. Is, I, I, I am the I guy selling... <laughs> I, I'm the guy selling T-shirts outside of the Yankees Red Sox game. Like, please just continue to just battle each other. Um, and I, I think it will go on. I think that's a great, like, time frame, six months. I think if I had to bet right now, like, you know, like Ella's college fund on it, when I think DeSantis is going to make a move, I see Memorial Day. I see, like... I think I think of him as like Jerry Bruckheimer introducing a bad Transformers movie, Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> like Casey DeSantis just can't like resist like doing a twenty minute video about DeSantis. Like that is coming. It'll be post session, etc. And I think that that's the 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 time frame because I think what Tuesday did more so than anything else was it bought Ron DeSantis time. Yeah. Like, like he, like Carrie Lake is gone. Trump like suffered all these losses. He's got to redeem himself. The mega donors are coming out. Like, I think like DeSantis saying yesterday, like scoreboard, God, that was such, that is a great rejoinder. Like, Hey, I don't have to do anything. He's going to go through right now being governor. He's going to reappoint this person, propose that person. He talked about today, about having two or three like special legislative mm-hmm. sessions mm-hmm. where he'll get like, you know, it'll be off of like performative legislation. Like, you know, like they'll take the abortion ban from six weeks to five weeks and four days. Like just like little things right. like that. Incremental. All of that yeah. is like victory after victory for DeSantis as he goes through. And I think he will have to make a decision and then he will have to get into it by Memorial Day ish around that time because you know, Trump, here's the, and I will say this, this is my other take about this, and I am surprised about it. DeSantis world is underestimating the aggro aspect oh, yes. of Trump. <laughs> like they are, they are playing tennis as if like I'm into tennis right now. They're playing tennis as if you get like perfect balls served to you and you can like, you know, hit them off. No, 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 no. That's not how this guy plays. This is an asymmetrical terrorist. Um, <laughs> like we are looking at him right now, like 
and and maybe Ron DeSanctimonious as a as a quip did not work, but Trump is gonna. I hate to say it this way. He's going to fuck them up. Like Mm -hmm. they have no idea. I always say Trump is, and this is like my little metaphor. He is the bad breaker upper from the Seinfeld episode. (laughs) He is going to take things that you have no idea are weaknesses. Like that. Your face, it looks like a frying pan as he said about Elaine Mm -hmm. and he is going to use that. And so like whatever Trump or excuse me, Whatever DeSantis thinks is a criticism that Trump is going to lob at him right now, that's not what Trump is going to lob at him in March. He's going to say, like, he's going to go after, like, DeSantis's suits, the way that they're poorly fitting. I kid you no, not. No, listen, I, and, I agree. And, and that dynamic nature is going to really mess with DeSantis over the next six months. I also think he's overestimating the power of push-off to dominate the social media conversation when the real Trump trolls come out of the woodwork. When the real, when the real shit yeah. starts hitting the fan that, cause she's had a, she's had an effect. I talked to a, a, a legislator a couple months ago who was like, do I love him? No. Do I want to have that bitch tweeting about me? Hell no. And, but I think she, <laughs> I, I think he and they underestimate the scope of of, yes. of what to do here. The underestimate is perfect. They have like they Rick, you are so on on this and this is like my number one takeaway with these guys right now. They are playing footsies with these guys and I mean, you're talking about a guy, I mean, like and I know like the like the the post is against him right now. Trump is so good at like coming up with your weakness. I guarantee you. All right, and I have no idea that this is what's coming, but I will say this. So the strength of Ron DeSantis, if you had to ask me, what is his number one asset right now in his portfolio? I would say that it's probably Casey DeSantis, okay? like, And I think we can all kind Mm -hmm. of agree that that's, if it's not number one, it's number one or 1A. What if I told you, and I I should put that in my 30, uh, you know, uh, uh, 30 for 30 voice. (laughs) What if I told, if I told you, you that somehow in January Trump is attacking Casey DeSantis? Like you would like you're, right now you'd be like, how could he attack the number one asset? She's a cancer survivor, Victor. She's brilliant. She's gorgeous. I'm like, that's exactly go what for the, this go motherfucker attack the does. hard target. <laughs> attack the hard target. Right. He'll 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 paint it as. Him being a weak man or a puppet of his wife. I mean, we we watched him do this over and over and over. And we saw, I mean, DeSantis is not a moron. The governor's got to have thought back on the track of the GOP 2016 primary, where when it was a big crowd of candidates and any one of them tried to take a swipe at Trump, it was like trying to punch Jello. Like it just, it just, you know, bounced and didn't change anything. But then when the field got narrowed, um, those attacks were fatal and stuck. I mean, Trump is going to be Marco and Ted Cruz to this day. He broke Mark. He broke Mark. He broke Marco and Ted Cruz so badly that I, you know, I. I think Marco is actually. Do you? I mean. It's not that Marco, like Marco, he's still a U.S. senator and he's going to be that way for six years. But he broke Marco the worst, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, is that Oh, by far. I would say, like, I think Ted Cruz is actually probably in a stronger position. Like, 
just because like Ted Cruz is just so shitty that like <laughs> I, I, like he is. Ted just, Cruz like, fully embraced his sliminess. Marco lost his sunshine. Right there, there you exactly. go, Sarah. And like Marco, Marco, and this goes back to your first question. Like we're dealing with four people, but I will say this, and I think you have to think about this, especially as I know that you guys attract a national audience. But like, so you got the big four, which is DeSantis, Scott, you know, Rubio. Um, who am I thinking of? Who am I Trump. missing here? DeSantis got Trump. So, Trump. but then you, you you have to think about there is like a minor league farm system mm-hmm. of shitty Florida Republicans, oh, yeah. like Matt Gates. Like he's number five, and he's like he so wants to get back to the big show. Uh-huh. He's out there. Like we posted a story tonight. Mm-hmm. He put out a tweet about how he's a Donald Trump Republican. He wants to get there, but he's not the only one. Greg Stubbe. Byron oh, Donald, yeah. Cat, Cat Comic was the one who nominated Kevin McCarthy uh-huh. the other night. So there, I mean, then you talk in the South Florida people, Maria Salazar, Carlos Jimenez, like, and then, and I mean, rookie of the year. I mean, you want to talk about rookie of the year, Anna Polina Luna. Gonna... If you, here's what, if you thought Lauren, uh, whatever, Bobert right. was crazy, wait till you get a hold of my friend Anna she's, Polina she Luna is Fox she is going to knock your she socks off. She is Fox off. News bait, yeah. and oh my God. I mean, the... the she was a Maxim model. I, 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 like, yeah. Rick, I mean, I'm not... Again, I don't want to objectify her, yeah, but same. she was a Maxim model, and now she is in the U.S. Congress. Mm-hmm. You tell me she's not going to have fun at the national she's level. Gonna be, she's going to be so... Uh, like I said, she's going to be on, on Fox News a thousand times a day for the next billion years. Um, so that, that competition between the big four, I think is fascinating. And you're right. Matt Gates and Matt Gates, by the way, he reminds me of a guy that I was, I was friends with in college and a little bit after who was a brilliant guy, but also a degenerate fucking gambler. And he always was trying to like, like wait, we didn't go to college. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Okay. But, but the degree to which Matt always is like skating away from one more problem, I, I just I see tragedy in Matt's future. I, I at some point that shit catches up, because um, he is he is a guy who has lived very close to the rim for a very long time. <laughs> but yeah, hey, one point I just thought of with the Christina Pushaw yeah. thing, we've all seen how she's built a successful and quickly deployed troll army sure. on Twitter. Um, besides the fact that Elon Musk might flush the entire social media platform down the toilet within the next 72 hours, who knows? Um, a lot of that troll army that she's built is, number one, is nowhere near the numbers that various Trump accounts, even though he's not actually on Twitter, but you know the, the, the ones they expect to find their Trump news on, her, the numbers are just not there. Right. And a lot of those people are also... Mega Trump people. Yeah, I think those people so at the end of the if day. If there is a war, yeah, yeah they're not they're not going to necessarily the same numbers that she can use to deploy to harass an AP reporter like our friend Brendan sure. Farrington, who did not deserve the crap she sent him. The same number she can send Brendan Farrington's way because he's a member of the evil liberal media. She cannot fire at Trump. 
they just will not no. go. And, and I also think I, I, I said this to somebody yesterday. I was like, why, why? Most of these MAGA voters, why do you want Diet Trump? If you want the crazy, go for the whole thing. <laughs> you know, why, well, go for the whole, go for the whole full sugar, high. You know, the, the all the caffeine, all the sugar, all the Trump. Um, and 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 it's just, it, I think I think that I think I that's talked right. to a. Uh... I talked to, um, so obviously like the New York Post is pivoted. And so (laughs) they are, they just can't get enough of anybody who, it's not that they want to slam, excuse me, Trump, but it's like, how can we, you know, boost up DeSantis? So I talked to a reporter last week. He said he is based in St. John's, which is St. Augustine Mm -hmm. for anybody who's, and he said, what do you think the amount of people are? That are still boot, are still backing Trump, and he and I said like three of ten, and he said no, it's still eight mm-hmm. of ten. These folks think again. I think this is on us. I really yeah. do think this is yeah. on us because we don't talk to these folks. It's true. I, I know um, this isn't like you know like liberal hand holding or whatever. It's just like we just are not talking to these people. They still think that Trump was deprived of a second right. term, not just because of the election loss, but because all of the investigative stuff, all of the like Russian collusion stuff, whether or not you think that those things are accurate or not, they feel like he was not able. Like I read Byron York's column right. today and I, I, I have to like. Like I have to grip the fucking desk every day when I read the Byron York column because, I, but it it provides the insight. I'm like, what is the other side thinking? And so he wrote this whole column, and it's like, like they're trying to make it out like Trump was FDR, but for conservatives. Like, oh, he passed the Abram Accords. He should have won a Nobel Prize and the tax reform and all this stuff. Oh, by the way, he may have tried to overthrow the government. But oh, just let's that. Let's just like put that. Yeah, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Other no, no, than no. that, like, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? <laughs> right. Like, like, can we go back to the original? Yeah, exactly. And like, they try to like, they try to overlook that, and it's right. like, no, no, like this guy did all of these things. Like, they're like, oh, but warp speed on the on the vaccine stuff. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like again. As Sarah just said, he tried to overthrow the government. I can't get up. And I'm trying to think of like the personal metaphor about like, like, yeah, this guy's a great guy. You know, like I want to date this guy, except he beat the shit out of me last week. And I'm just like, yeah, like you can never be with this guy ever again, ever. Zero. Yeah, like, it's, and- it's, it's no matter how many times Ike Turner says, Tina, I love you, baby. Don't go back. <laughs> so, I, I mean. There the insurrection is turned in the punch the, bowl. The, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I have all the metaphors. This comes down to Florida in a weird way, though, because I think, I think people, you know, they, they sort of have the jokey idea that Florida's kooky and weird. But I got to tell you, pound for pound, we are kinda. pound for pound. I think the, the 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 place in Florida that I started detecting way back in 2010. What has now become QAnon Trumpism stuff was Hernando County, Florida, which is this. It's it's a <laughs> it's a couple counties north of where Peter's at, and I remember in 2010 I had some guy with, with some candidate down there filming something, and he looks at me and he says, 
do you know about Agenda 21? They're going to put us all in camps. And I was like, the fuck is this? But I mean, how I see that infecting more and more of like the Republican mainstream in this state, where we have people like Sabatini and guys like that who really believe (laughs) there's a deep state, who really believe in the kooky Glenn Beck bullshit. All right. So I think that with Florida, I go back to, honestly, the more I think about it, I go back to 2000. Mm -hmm. Like 2000 is like a seminal date in Florida history, right? Like, because like we, our politics really had never been under a microscope beforehand. Like it had always been like, oh, you're electing Paula Hawkins. Who gives a shit? Um, Bob Graham. Like nobody gave a shit. Like no, we had no, we had no juice. I mean, the only person that had juice was the late Bill Young as appropriations chair or defense, like appropriations chair, but like nobody cared. And then 2000 happens. And I remember reading a New York Times article and and it still sticks with me. Florida is where doctors who are defrocked come and become chiropractors. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I know that that sounds like, like such a simple metaphor, but isn't that who we are? Isn't that what Southwest Florida is right now? Like, if you go and look at it, like, how many Staten Island ex-cops who hated the fact that they couldn't put the chokehold yep. on black people? Or how many Youngstown factory workers who got laid off and were upset because there were uh, there was a gay pride parade? How many of those people came down? And I will tell you, all Rick. All of them? <laughs> like, so we have looked through the numbers. Uh, yeah, all of them. We did a, like, our, my main man, uh, Renzo Downey, yeah. did a, a report. And he did a report, and it was right before the election, and people were like, this, like, Sal Nizzo at the chamber. I remember people were like, this is maybe the best explanation data-wise of what's happened to Florida. So we've had a, basically a million people come to Florida since the pandemic. 400,000 of them are Republican super voters. Yep. By whatever the like metric is that you want, like four of four or whatever, six of six or whatever. And so like all the people that have moved to Florida and specifically Southwest Florida, it's not that they are just like, hey, like regular people. They are Republican super mm-hmm. voters and they are pissed and they have come down here. And I will. And I've said this at every panel that I've been to over the last month. Chuck Schumer's best friend is Ron DeSantis. Sure. He drained so many Republican super sure. voters out of Georgia, North Carolina, New Hampshire. Like New Hampshire, he dra- he drained 15,000 Republican four of four voters out of New Hampshire. You want to talk about why Maggie Hayson is still there? It's because Ron DeSantis said, hey, come move to Florida. Listen, Myers. people want to come down to, st- uh, particularly the West Coast of Florida, has been a magnet for people from, yes, places like Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, um, North Carolina, Georgia, and and the demo there. I mean, folks, to draw you the picture, it's not all like, Florida's not all palm trees and sunshine. You know, if you drive up US 19, there is like an endless line of strip malls fronting up against inexpensive suburbs. And the strip malls always have um, a pain clinic, a chiropractor, an Asian massage parlor, a nail place, and a pawn shop. 
it's there's kind of a grimness to. Come on, Rick, you're not being honest. You forgot about the oh podcast. shit, a payday loan place. <laughs> payday I mean, loans. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, why do you think Amstad is here? Like those those motherfuckers oh, no. got to get paid. You got to take your check in there to get to the other places that you're talking about. Unbelievable. Well, guys, listen, it has been a pleasure talking to you both tonight. Um, I am looking forward to getting this one out on the air. We will talk again soon because, as everyone knows, Florida is now the center of the known political universe. And uh, and I, 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 I love you both. I hope to see you both at the Christmas party this year. If I can't make it, I just like the photos that you do with all the oysters. Well, I mean, you the do oysters right, are coming, Rick. man. You I got southern right. on. I got southern seafood on tap. We're we're uh, we're doing the oysters. So I'm making a Sarah's cake. Making a cake. God bless America. Oh, she's bacon. <laughs> all right. Thank, Thank you guys. You. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you for having me. Bye. Imagine for a moment the pinnacle of the peak of Mount Chicken Shit. Imagine a person so morally vacant, so utterly depraved, so completely compromised that they look at a man who tried to kill them and still speak well of them. This person is, of course, noted fly attractant, noted example of non-cordate life, Mike fucking Pence. Mike is on a tour introducing a book that was written by someone. It is the most vapid pudding of an excuse of a life that I've ever seen. I can't imagine a more profound moral coward than this man. Donald Trump literally tried to have him murdered, tried to have him killed, and he can still barely utter a criticism of him. And he wants to be president. He somehow, in some bizarre corner of his brain, thinks there is a demand out there among Republican voters, first off, and then the nation, secondly, for someone who is unbelievably cowed and compromised. Mike Pence, he is one of the worst people in America because, look, we get that Trump is a shit. We get that Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley and, and Rick Scott and Mitch McConnell, we get that these people are loathsome creatures. But the thing I find particularly galling about Mike Pence is that this guy wakes up every morning and thinks, I mean something. I'm brave. I'm strong. I have something to say that people need to hear. I have a mode or model of leadership that's vital for America's future. Mike, I would tell you to get your shit together, but you've earned an all-time place on the enemies list. This has been The Enemies List, and if you've been enraged or engaged or enlivened by this week's episode, let's do something about it. This podcast is part of Resolute Square, a new front in the war to preserve democracy. We were looking for a place to fight back against the MAGA media, and this is it. In addition to this podcast and many others, each week, Resolute Square members will sit down with me and other founders for an intimate meeting of the minds talking about what's really going on behind the curtain of American politics and analyzing the minds and the motivations of the people that are shaping this country's future, good and bad, along with exclusive analysis and insight from our newsletters, which are anything but conventional wisdom. And yes, we'll also have merch to make the MAGA heads in your life furious and more. 
Become a partner in this fight at ResoluteSquare.com slash enemies. And folks, if you could like, subscribe, and rate the podcast, I would be enormously grateful. We reached number two in the political podcast listings in the last week, and I cannot tell you how grateful and how heartfelt um, your support has been for this podcast and for these conversations, and we look forward to many, many more. Thanks again.